Missionary Baptist Church welcomes you to a time of harvest. It is our hope and prayer that the Spirit of the Lord reaches you through today's message and strengthens your walk with Christ so that you may pass along the word and strengthen others' walk with Christ. And now we present to you a time of harvest. for you and for you and for you 
Power to walk right. Power to talk right. Power to save right. The power to live right. Welcome to a time of harvest with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith and I'm very happy that you chose to spend part of your Sunday with us. As this is being recorded, we are in the Lenten season and this is a part of our Lenten series of messages under the general theme in the upper room. We're looking at the words and deeds of Jesus with his disciples on the night before his crucifixion. Today we're looking at a very familiar passage of scripture, usually only heard during funerals. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then Jesus says in response to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In the message version it reads, I am the road, the truth, and the life. And we're going to be talking about resources. When Jesus talks about these three things, he's talking about the resources available to us that will enable us to perform the ministry that he has called us to do. We pray that this message will be a help to you and to your family, and we invite you at your earliest convenience to come and share with us in a worship experience or a Bible study here at Shiloh. We're here every Sunday at 8 and 11 for worship. Church school is at 9.45. We're here on Wednesdays at noon and 6.30 for the study of God's holy word. If you're enjoying this broadcast, we also invite you to tune in this evening, also on CW21, for a closer look. Our one-hour Bible study highlight broadcast, you'll be blessed by sharing in that as well. Shiloh offers you several opportunities to plug in with us through social media. We have a podcast, we have a Facebook page, we have a YouTube channel, we have iTunes. You can plug in any number of ways. The way we invite you to plug in the most, however, is to come and share with us in a live worship experience. Until that time comes, thank you for being a part of a time of harvest. As we continue our look at uh, the activities of Jesus, the words of Jesus from the upper room. Today we want to talk about resources. Resources. As we continue in this Lenten season with each 
passing day, one thing that becomes clear is that the church of Jesus must know its mission and its purpose. Baton Rouge is a city that's filled with churches of every size, of every denomination, of every racial, cultural, and socioeconomic composition. And yet, when we look at our community, the question may be asked, do we know what our purpose is? Well, Paul says our purpose is to know Christ better. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power that raised him from the dead. I want to join him in his suffering. I want to become like him by sharing in his death. And then by God's grace, we will rise from the dead. Peter says that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are God's special treasure so that we can give him praise and call people out of darkness into the marvelous light. John says that our purpose is to walk in the light as God is the light and we will experience a shared life with one another as the sacrifice blood of Jesus purges our sin. James says that real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father, is to reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from this godless world. And Jesus says that our purpose is to let our light so shine before men that they will see our good work and give glory to our Father in heaven. So now we have an idea of what our purpose is. Next, we need to assess our spiritual resources to determine if we have what we need to fulfill our purpose. And that involves our text today. Commonly, this text is only heard at funerals. But there is spiritual sustenance for us today as we consider our access to the resources necessary to accomplish our purpose. In the upper room, Jesus is talking with his disciples, trying to prepare them for what is about to happen. In the 13th chapter, he warns his disciples that physical separation from him is imminent. He says, children, I'm with you only for a short time longer. You're going to look high and low for me, but where I go, you're not able to come. And then he offers a word of consolation. Don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? 
then trust me as well. And then he offers a word of encouragement. There's plenty of room in my father's home. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. And then in the fourth verse, he says, you already know the road I am taking. One would think that after having been with him for three years, after having seen all that they had seen, after having heard all that they had heard, that the disciples would have understood what Jesus was talking about. But in response to what Jesus said, Thomas says, Master, we don't have any idea where you're going. How do you expect us to know the road? And church, it's sad that Thomas had been with Jesus all this time, and yet he didn't know the road. And yet, there are many today who've been in the church most of their lives, and you still don't know the road. And it reminds us that we can miss the road if we're not careful. And, and many today are missing the road because they put other things ahead of Jesus. Thomas asked Jesus, how do you expect us to know the road? And in response, Jesus says, I am the road and also the truth and also the life. Now, there's a reason why Jesus put these three things together. When we consider the resources required for us to fulfill our spiritual purpose, Jesus is telling us not only what the road is, but what the road must consist of. He's telling us that we can't separate the road from the truth and the life. My brothers and sisters, people seek a road in life. They seek a path that we can follow and navigate. And as we look around, we see any number of roads out there that offer the hope of being the right road. But what Jesus makes clear in the upper room is that there's only one road that can fully meet our needs. And that road is Jesus. He says, I am the road, also the truth and the life. I want you to briefly consider all three of these. First, consider the fact that you need a road in life. You need a road that will lead you safely through pain and sorrow. You need a road that will sustain you through disappointment and frustration. Life offers a bunch of roads, but be careful that you don't take the wrong one. The road of pleasure looks good. It's attractive to a lot of folk, but, but the record shows that a lot of people are destroyed through self-indulgent thinking and self-destructive behavior when they go down the pleasure road. Yeah. The road of power is a road that some folk want to follow. There are folk who think if I can just get enough power, yeah. 
everything will be all right. But, but the power road will let you down. Along the power road, the strong take advantage of the weak. Along the power road, the rich take advantage of the poor. The record shows that the power road ain't the right road. Some find the road of materialism, and they think that's a good road. Materialism says, get all you can while you can. Materialism says, anything goes. Materialism says, do whatever you have to do in order to be on top. But the materialism road is a road of disappointment. It's a road of heartache. It's a road of pain. Life offers a bunch of different roads, and, and many of us are messed up because we followed the wrong road. But I came by to let you know that there is a better road, and that's the Jesus road. Jesus says, I am the road. Now, I need you to, to, to consider certain things if you're going to go down Jesus's road. First of all, quit looking for it to be easy. Quit looking for it to be a road with, with no trouble, no trial, no tribulation. Quit looking for it to be popular because when you go down the Jesus road, a lot of folk will leave you along the way. But if you go down that road, it's a good road. It's the road that'll cause you to help somebody who can't help himself. It's the road that'll give you the opportunity to help bear one another's burdens. If you're going to travel the right road of life, it begins with recognizing that Jesus is the road. And then not only is he the road, but Jesus says, I am also the truth. And church, I don't know about you, but I didn't discover the truth until I found it in Jesus. I didn't know the truth about myself because there was a time when I thought I was special. There was a time when I thought that I was it. And I came to find out that there ain't nothing special about me except for the fact that I'm tied up in Jesus Christ. There was a time when I thought certain people were the thing. And I wanted to get close to certain folk, but I came to find out that people will get close to you in the morning. They'll drop you by noon. They'll get close to you when the sun is shining, but they'll drop you when the rain begins to fall. I came to find out that there's only one who's great. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Christ is the Lord of all. I came to find out that the truth is time is filled with swift transition and not on earth unmoved can stand. And so I discovered that you better build your hope on things eternal. You better hold to God's unchanging hand. Jesus says, I am the road. And then he says, I am the truth. But finally, he says, I am the life. 
And I'm glad Jesus said that I am the life because that solves my biggest problem. Yes. See, all of us have problems. All of us have dangerous toils and snares. But there's one problem that we all share that none of us can do anything about on our own. And that is we're all leaving here. One by one. We all have to try the realities of another world. One by one, we all have to stick our swords in the sands of time and study war no more. Some of you are leaving soon, and some of you are leaving later than soon, but all of us are leaving here. All of us must have to go and find our way to the other side. But I'm glad that Jesus has solved that problem. Because he says, not only am I the road and not only am I the truth, but I am also life. And church, I need life. Life that goes beyond the things of this world. Life that is everlasting. Life that holds you when troubles around you are trying to bring you down. I need life. Life that causes joy bells to ring in your heart. Life that dries the tears from your eyes. I need life. And life can only be found in Jesus Christ. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you will be also. And church, that's what I'm looking forward to. I just want to be where he is. I want to be in his presence. I want to be somewhere around the throne. I want to be able to sing holy, 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 Lord God almighty. I want to be able to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You've been so good to me. In the upper room. Jesus told his disciples, I've got to leave you. I've got to go on my way. I've got my own path to follow, but, I'm, but I am going to come back. And I am going to bring you with me. Church, the best thing about knowing Jesus is knowing that he won't leave you by yourself. He's going to hold your hand. He's going to guide your feet. He's going to take care of you every step of the way. So you ought to just keep your hand in his hand and know that he will make everything all right. The choir is going to sing a hymn. The deacons are coming across. The ministers are coming down. The resources of life are found when you get on the right road. And the right road is Jesus. I am the road. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If there's someone in this sanctuary today.
I feel like teaching is part of my spiritual gift. And the Bible talks about the fact that there are certain gifts that are given uh, to every believer. I believe that one of my gifts is teaching. And so I take no credit for the fact that the Lord has blessed me to be able to teach uh, uh, in an effective manner, and I pray that it is effective. Uh, I have never been afraid of hard work. Uh, I've never been afraid of doing uh, appropriate research. And uh, I feel like if you're going to take something seriously, then you need to give it your all. And so uh, I take the time to try to uh, dig out of a passage of scripture, everything that I can. Uh, in seminary, we called it exegetical study. Uh, and it involves uh, doing uh, very intensive research into the passage. Uh, uh, in, biblical interpretation goes by uh, a, a multi-syllabic term called hermeneutics. Uh, and in hermeneutics, there are four broad uh, areas that you have to concern yourself with whenever you approach a passage. You want to know who the author is. You want to know as much as you can about the language. You want to know uh, the setting, and you want to know that uh, the interpretation uh, that you are deriving from the passage is consistent with uh, interpretations that will be found in similar passages throughout the Bible. I, one of the things I try to tell people in Bible study is that the Bible is remarkably redundant. Uh, you get the same message uh, in various places throughout the scripture. I'm always uh, concerned, frightened, when I hear somebody say, I'm gonna show you something in the Bible that nobody has ever shown you before. Uh, more, like, more often than not, that means that your interpretation of the passage is suspect. Uh, but I do think that if you do critical research into a passage, uh, that's half of the job. The other half of the job is being able to communicate uh, the results of that research in a way uh, that people can uh, learn from it and uh, you can hold their attention. Uh, Bible study is not like teaching in the classroom where people come for a grade. They come looking for uh, something uh, when they come to an academic setting. Bible study is a little bit different. Uh, People do come looking for something, but they don't have to come. And you can tell how effective you are uh, by whether or not they continue to come. Uh, anyone uh, will come uh, once or twice. They'll experiment and see what they can learn. But if you can't hold their attention, if you can't uh, speak to them in a way uh, that is both meaningful and uh, relevant to their living, uh, nobody wants to know uh, a history lesson about Isaiah unless you can somehow relate that to where they are today. Uh, people are having to deal with all kinds of problems uh, in their own lives, family problems, job problems, money problems, social problems. And when they come to the church, they're looking for something uh, that they can draw from 
the Bible study or, or from the worship experience for that matter uh, that can be readily plugged in and applied to their own lives and help to raise the quality of their living. And that's, that's my goal, to, to try to give them something that they can find useful in their everyday living.